Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And David here with you on this Monday, June 7th, 2021. This is Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. We'll get to our headlines here coming up. Uh, David, you heard Chris mention in the update Nick Saban, head coach at Alabama, has been extended until 2029. And in a normal situation, Davis, when you hear contracts such as this in all sports, we all think the same thing. Oh, they shouldn't have done it. Wow, this is going to end very badly. Oh my gosh, what a poor decision. There is not one person that could really argue this. Like if they gave Nick Saban and said, we're going to give you a contract after you die and still pay you, you probably go, well, you know, it's probably fair. You know, it's just like, I mean, there's just has never been a coach like this in the history of college football. I know that people say there has, but I mean, and again, I go back to the eighties and nineties of college football and I have seen the greatest. I, I, I mean, say what you want. He's not likable. Nobody wants to be friends with the guy. He's very difficult to work with. He was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He was no fun there, but he's just the best that has ever done it. It's like, I can't argue it. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't have anything nice to say about Nick Saban as like a human being. I, I think a lot of the times Alabama football isn't even fun to watch. They have, you know, they have these great athletes and, you know, Devonta Smith and like yada, yada. So everyone knows great athletes go to Alabama and then they run this very like early 1990s, you know, run heavy up the middle football where they just out athlete everyone. And a lot of players, you know, do end up saying not so nice things about Saban later on, never really comes across that likable to me in interviews, but college football is a business of results. It's there are, you know, billions of dollars at stake, like, which is, you know, a whole other thing. And Saban uh, has not covered himself in glory when talking about uh, the the individual monetary value of players and everything. But is this like the right decision for both Saban and for the university? hundred percent. You, I really don't know if you, if you had one guy to turn your program into the perennial powerhouse, it would for college football it'd probably be Saban. That would probably be your number one pick. Yeah, of course it would. And and it doesn't matter. I mean, honestly, Davis, when he is 77, if he is still coaching and basically he has any issue with Alabama, he would absolutely coach into his 80s. Some team would take him. They would line up to take him to be the head coach at Alabama. And, and you're right. It is all about success and nothing else matters in college football. There have been legendary coaches in the past. I've seen them all, or a lot of them at least. And and no one has ever won like Nick Saban wins like like the just the automatic assumption that they're going into a season ranked number one or number two, and they're going to be in the playoffs. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah, once every five years or ten years, Alabama's not in the playoff. But it is it is a staggering amount, not just of players that go to the NFL, but a staggering amount of winning. Not all of them go to the NFL. They still win every year. It is crazy. So 
understand this one completely. Here are the headlines here. Three games in Major League Baseball tonight. And uh, my game tonight will be Boston-Miami, and I'm not looking forward to it, to be honest. Islanders travel to Boston for Game 5 again tonight. Really like a great atmosphere in Long Island for those games for sure in the NHL. Habs go for the sweep against Winnipeg tonight. Probably going to happen. It looks like Winnipeg is cooked. Bucks-Nets game two is also tonight. We got Denver and Phoenix in game one with the Suns being five-point favorites on FanDuel. Brooklyn minus one and a half on FanDuel. And then Davis, we got the news yesterday, which was not great, that Joe Madden said essentially no timetable on Mike Trout returning and the team is not playing well and it does not look like they are headed to the postseason. And so there will be no rush to bring him back before the All-Star game, which means Davis, our fantasy baseball teams continue to struggle without him. This is going to be, in my mind, as long as the Angels play this well, a uh, play this poorly, a very lost season in both fantasy and reality for Trout. You have the best player in the world and there's just no rush. They're just not good. Yeah, what's the point? I mean, what is Mike Trout going to kill himself for and, you know, rehab every single day and be, you know, I mean, he, he looks at the team and he's like, oh, you know, Jose Quintana is our, our number one starter, you know, and, and you know, like let, let, let Otani win the MVP. Let Otani hit his 35 home runs. Let him get his 20 starts in. Let Otani win his MVP. It is going to be amazing, though, if the Angels have like 68 wins and Otani is, is first in the MVP voting. It's going to be uh, the, the last time I can remember a guy, and Craig, you'd know better than I would, but wasn't, didn't Andre Dawson back when the Expos were a thing? They were a mm-hmm. last place team, but he hit like, like 40 home runs in the 1980s when guys weren't really doing that, like just had some insane year and won and won the MVP, but but certainly, like, it is going to be weird if Otani wins MVP on this awful, awful Angels team. It was it was the Cubs. They were in last, and Dawson hit 49 home runs or just something insane like that. Ernie Banks, which goes back before my time, but also a Hall of Famer, also won the MVP for, for the Cubs on, on a last-place team. So, yeah, it does happen, but... I mean, the notion that you can have an MVP on a team, and I don't, and I hate to say it, Davis, but I gotta keep it real. I mean, they could lose a hundred games. Like this is a really bad team yeah. with no pitching whatsoever. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think that what you said in the '90s that that seems more realistic because they have Walsh, and and Trout will come back. Like like they'll be they'll be okay, and and they'll bring some kids up from the minors that probably can pitch a little bit better than the guys they have now, but. Yeah, it's it's one of the more dis- – I mean, the, the Twins are the most disappointing team in baseball, but I got to say the Angels are probably right there close. I mean, another year of them. And they have Madden managing the team. They still can't win. So coming up next, it is time for the surprises over the last week in fantasy. One of them on the Reds, another one on the Cubs, and one of them is right on the cusp of winning the home run title in 2021. Just how good is it to play in Cincinnati – Jesse Winker knows. We'll hear from him next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com, our 2021 best ball fantasy football preview, the Titans, is coming up. But yesterday was another banner day for one member of the Cincinnati Reds and one member potentially of your fantasy baseball team. One of the best picks in all of 2021 has turned out to be Jesse Winker of the Cincinnati Reds. He had three more home runs yesterday and, by the way, did it in St. Louis, one to win the game and the numbers for Winker this season are MVP worthy. Forget DeGrom. Give Winker the MVP. 350, 17 home runs, 37 runs driven in. His OPS is over 1,000. And it's really interesting because the Reds have had all of this talk about great outfielders and potential outfielders. And I'll give you some of the names. Uh, Shogo Akiyama has turned out to be a nothing. Aristides Aquino has turned out to be not very much. Of course, Nick Senzel had played the outfield and the infield. It is Winker that has been better than all of them. I mean, you never would have seen this coming. In fact, a lot of people thought Winker would never even hit for power. It was told to him that he would not hit for power. And Winker was asked about those comments previous to this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard it. Um, but like I said, I did my best not to pay attention to it. You know, it seemed like it was a... It was a question that was asked to me, but you know, it's I, I was I was I was learning about myself. I was learning about the the game of baseball, and I was just always just try focused on just trying to get better and get better. And that's just something that um, I just try to do on a daily basis is just try to get better and and, and work hard. Jesse, yeah, Davis, this is this is just another story of it's like I, I feel really good for the player. And I feel good for the person because he's having success. But at some point, when are we going to get wise to Cincinnati here? Like, when are we just going to realize that for the next 10 years, every year, someone is coming on the scene and just going to have a huge breakout for that? And they may not even be good, but they're just going to mash. And it's happening now with Winker in the outfield in Cincinnati. Yeah, so that is one of those interesting things because the market does realize this for DFS. So, you know, contests on FanDuel, we see power hitters project very favorably in our stuff on DailyRoto.com. You know, Nick Castellanos at Great American Ballpark, always going to be one of our our highest values. Uh, Senzel, uh, Jesse Winker, for sure. Eugenio Suarez. Suarez is a guy who 
you know, just cannot hit the ball, but keeps rating out well in our stuff because of the run effects and the home run effects of that ballpark. But the market definitely does not realize it as much when it comes to seasonal fantasy baseball. You know, Joey Votto was really cheap this year. Suarez wasn't. But outside of outside of Suarez, you know, big parts of this Reds offense I felt were undervalued. Castellanos, uh, kind of an interesting case. Like the market seemed uh, a little ambivalent on him. You know, not sure what to make of his shortened 2020 season where he was so good. But I, I think next year, something I'm gonna like make a little mental note to remind myself of is if someone on the Reds doesn't matter who it is, you know, could be Kyle Farmer, could be Tyler Stevens. It just does not matter if they start out hot with some power, you know, if they hit three home runs in the first week of the season or something like that, I'm just making a mental note. You got to up your fab bids on that guy 10% or, or whatever it might be, because the, the opportunity to play 81 games at that ballpark, you know, with how home run friendly it is, you know, and not only, not only are the fences short there, but there's like a wind stream for right-handed batters that that carries the ball, uh, you know, on a lot of those day games. So I, I, I do think you're right. I do think that uh, the market has some learning to do with Great American Ballpark. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Naquin is another name of another player that, again, is out of nowhere two years ago or three years ago, Davis. Uh, the second starting second baseman for the Cincinnati Reds was Scooter Jeanette, who also hit three home runs in a game and, and, and also – ended up hitting 30 home runs in a season. Um, yeah, I mean, it is definitely the team. And it, it takes nothing away from anybody's success. But from a fantasy perspective, we talk a lot about cores. This year it's been about Dunedin, and Buffalo is now playing like that too. Arizona has in the past. Cincinnati is right up there with all of those teams. And Jesse Wicker has a chance to lead the majors in home runs. I mean, he is right there in 2021. We'll see if that is maintained could be a sell-high guy, even potentially now, something we'll explore as the week goes on. Well, uh, something that has happened in recent history, unfortunately, Davis, for the St. Louis Cardinals, is they have let go of a couple of players who have gone on to be, I mean, sort of superstars in Major League Baseball. And Randy Rosarina, who everybody remembers from last year in the postseason, he's not having an unbelievable year this year, but he's a, a Major League player who essentially was given away. And then uh, they signed Adalis Garcia from Cuba and just let him go. And now he's been one of the best players in the American League. And now I shudder to say, do we have another one here in Patrick Wisdom, who is on the Chicago Cubs this season? And I went to many a spring training game, Davis, where you would see Patrick Wisdom in the game and know this was not a game where the starters were going to play. He has never done anything at the big league level to warrant this. But the Cubs have found something with this guy. I am miserable that I recognized him being available a week ago when uh, David Bodie went down. They also have Nico Horner down. And I, and I have these guys. I'm thinking, God, do I pick up Patrick Wisdom? I'm like, ah, no way. This guy has been through the ringer. He's not going to be anything. He is the hottest hitter in the last week in baseball. He is carrying the Cubs, Davis. He has. He has been carrying the Cubs. And I, I got to be honest, a lot of the times when we are on this show, I, I like to have you know a really strong foundation in the guys we're talking about. I like to have really strong opinions. I'm like, okay, this is what this guy excels at. This guy is not that strong at this. And I just, I don't have a really strong feeling about Patrick Wisdom. Now he does have some great 
triple A seasons under his belt. In 2019, he hit 31 home runs, stole A bases, had a weighted on base average of 348, spent some time in the major leagues with the Cardinals. And actually, in uh, over uh, 124 plate appearances in Major League Baseball, he does have exactly a 400 weighted on base average. I, I do feel like we are probably going to see him start to trend down soon, though, because over those 124 plate appearances, he is striking out 38% of the time. Now, that's not to say that guys who strike out a ton like that can't be awesome fantasy assets. I mean, Joey Gallo strikes out a ton, hits home runs. Javi Baez, you know, no batting average, strikes out a ton, but it's still good for fantasy. So it's not to say wisdom is going to be useless, but... The 412 batting average, I think we could probably see that be more like 230, 240 by the time the season runs out. But he's still going to hit home runs and still going to steal some bases. So I, I like Patrick Wisdom and, and a guy I would maybe consider buying on a little bit right now. I mean, they're really they're banged up. And and to not have Bodie and, and Horner, there's an opportunity there. And who knows with Chris Bryant what the scenario is. So he's going to play. I mean, you're right. He's not going to hit 400. He's not going to hit seven home runs every week. But he is probably the number one player on the wire, on the waiver wire right now in fantasy if he's out there. I mean, honestly, even in a 12-team league, I don't know how you can pass on this guy. I actually had a chance to get him in my NL, and I just totally whiffed. Ugh, I just feel so miserable about that. By, by the way, just to check in on your teams, how, how are things going? Thus far, we're almost, I think we're almost 35% of the way through the season or 33%, something like that. Yeah, the main event team is, uh, it's it's fighting back. Uh, it's doing, we are now in seventh in our league. We're, we're uh, feeling good. We're getting, guys, but we really need Mondesi. Man, we just, we really need Mondesi. But my, dude, my freaking Rad Slam team is just bad. There's just no way around it. It is it is just a bad team. There's nothing I can do. I just all my guys are hurt. I'm I'm wishing that it wasn't the case, but they, it's just bad and I'm in last place in our league. All right. Well, ahead of Brett Levy would have been the goal, but we can't both achieve that this year. Doesn't look like it. Uh that's the thing with best ball baseball, but there's also best ball football and Davis right now is in the midst of drafting fantasy football teams every week. And coming up next with the trade of Julio Jones, what do the Titans look like in 2021? I actually bid in my dynasty league on a player we're going to talk about here too, so I'm curious what he thinks. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. We got the news percolating over the weekend that Julio Jones is going to be headed to the Tennessee Titans and Atlanta's getting a second round pick back in return. There's some other things that are in the mix with that trade, essentially, and I don't believe it's even final yet, but it's going to be Davis. And and Julio Jones will be on Tennessee. I, I think that before we preview the Titans, by the way, I think that Tennessee kind of found two years ago a little bit of strange success where they found themselves on the doorstep there uh, of being in the Super Bowl. And then reality kind of hit them a little bit last year. Like, yeah, I mean, we can run Derrick Henry into the ground pretty much 12 games out of 16 or 17. But we may want to at least help out a little bit more to see if we can overtake Baltimore uh, or, or some of the other teams in the AFC East, um, ten, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so so where, do you, where do you make of that move? Is that like a game-changing move for them before we get into the fantasy aspect of it? Yeah, yeah. This, is, this was huge for them because without Julio Jones, they would have been giving targets to guys who are not very good, uh, you know, or, or certainly not premier NFL talents, you know, guys like Josh Reynolds and Cameron Batson and, you know, just kind of tertiary NFL players, a lot of targets for Anthony Ferkser. And I think you move someone like Julio Jones into this offense that's not super pass heavy. They are still, they run a ton of play action. They're still super ground based. You know, I think that it's, it, it was a, a decision they needed to make because the defense isn't very good either. They were not going to be one of those teams that was able to win a bunch of games, you know, 21 to 17 or whatever teams are, are going to score points against the Titans. I think they know that. And so I think this trade, look, Julio, he's he's 33 years old. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe he's got one amazing season left. Maybe he doesn't. But I I totally think it was a gamble that was smart for them to to take. Okay, let's take a look at the quarterback of the Titans again this year. It'll be Ryan Tannehill, 3,800 yards in the air. He can run a little bit, 266. People are shocked to see 40 touchdowns. You know, there's just this thing with Ryan Tannehill, Davis, that in fantasy, the numbers are there. He's emerged into the top 10 class of quarterbacks probably in in fantasy as well but you you just never feel good right like you just never feel great about him I think and and I and I think it maybe it more speaks to me seeing him play in Miami for a number of years and just not being able to get through that but he really has become a great fantasy quarterback at times and I think people will feel comfortable taking him so let's talk about him going into the year yeah I think Tannehill is a really awesome guy to target in these best ball drafts because all of the truly elite fantasy quarterbacks, you really got to pay for them. Um, You know, Kyler and Dak and Lamar, those guys all go, you know, they're there by they're gone by the end of the fifth round. Then even the younger guys, Trey Lance is very expensive in these, in these best ball drafts. Trevor Lawrence is expensive relative to what a normal rookie quarterback would be. But Tannehill, you know, you can take Tannehill in the 10th, 11th, 12th round. Now I, I think he is going to see his price increase a little bit now that Julio Jones has been traded to the team. 
But the the 40 touchdowns and the rushing yards, that is what provides him the fantasy value. Now, it's also important for us to mention Arthur Smith, the former offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans. He is now in Atlanta. He is going to be calling the plays for Julio Jones's old team. Uh, and I they promoted Todd Downing, who was the tight ends coach under Arthur Smith, which was Arthur Smith's former position, a tight ends coach. They, they promoted Todd Downing to the offensive coordinator there under Mike Vrabel. I, I'm a little worried about that switch. Not not enough to, to say, you know, I don't like A.J. Brown. I don't like any of these guys. But it, it's a little worrisome to me. But I, I do think that Tannehill right now at his current cost, and I do expect it to change, I think he's going to become a little bit more expensive as we get to the season. But I, I do think right now he is probably he's probably the best value at the quarterback position of, of all, honestly. All right, big statement there for sure. Okay, uh, at running back we have Derrick Henry who rushed for over two thousand yards. We'll we'll get to him here in a sec. One hundred fourteen receiving yards, seventeen touchdowns, and then it's it's just trying to figure out who your handcuffs would be. Darrington Evans, I remember him playing in college a couple of big games for Appalachian State. Jeremy McNichols uh, isn't isn't really much of, of anything. Uh, so it's really Evans if if you're draft Henry, you pretty much. I, I think you just pick up the insurance card and you and you take Evans just in case, but. Uh, Henry is where Davis in best balls is he is he two three what what what's the deal with him going into the year? Yeah, he's he's the second or third pick off the board. You know, McCaffrey goes first, and then it's either Derrick Henry or it's Dalvin Cook. Uh, obviously, Derrick Henry has never developed as a pass catcher the way that we want our running backs in fantasy football to be. He he had 19 receptions last year. That was a career high. He had 206 receiving yards the year before because he had two really long receiving touchdowns. I, you know, he has led the league in rushing two years in a row, 2,000 rushing yards last season. You know, it's he just laughs at regression in the face. You know, it, basically, no running back in the the modern NFL right now should be able to put up these good of numbers in fantasy football without catching passes. Running the ball is not as efficient as throwing the ball. Uh, it's, it, it really is just one of those things where the math says this shouldn't be possible, but every year he does it. And, uh, I, I certainly have in the past been someone that's, um, you know, not, not super in to Derek Henry, but this year I have no hesitations, no, uh, you know, no, no problems, no qualms with where he's going. And I, I found myself taking him, you know, a fair number of the time. Do you handcuff him with one of those players? That that I'm like, do you have to do that? Uh, I'm not. I'm not big on handcuffing in general. I think it's kind of burning up a roster spot that could be used for someone else's handcuff. But Darrington Evans is pretty fascinating because he is such a good pass catcher. That was what he really offered coming out of Appalachian State. They've already said in uh, you know these these OTAs they're doing right now that he's taking some snaps at wide receiver. So if he could both be the handcuff to one of the most efficient and best running offenses in football and carve out a role where he sees, you know, 40, 45 targets with Derrick Henry healthy, I do think he would be a, a, a really awesome guy, you know, a zero running back target later in drafts. The problem is he wasn't healthy really as a rookie. He, they started out wanting him to be the second guy. Then he got hurt. So then they were playing Nick Nichols. Um, they were playing... Oh, I can't even remember the guy's name. He like he was like a, a college football daily fantasy legend. I, I can't remember his name right now, but they were giving him the, a third running back some carries as well. 
And uh, yeah, if, if it remains this convoluted, the only one you want is Henry. Okay. Uh, at wide receiver now with Julio Jones there, he joins AJ Brown and Josh Reynolds from the Rams who they acquired in the off season. And uh, you mentioned Des Fitzpatrick from uh, Louisville. Uh, Tennessee has used three receivers. Corey Davis was one of those in the past. AJ Brown uh, really came on last year and looks like he could end up being uh, your wide receiver one in fantasy. So is that pretty much the way that it stands here? Do they go three wide Davis often? And sort of does this eliminate the, any value that in the, let's say, the super early best ball season where you took Josh Reynolds thinking he'd be the number two? Is that Was that just a bad pick at this point? So I don't know if it was a bad pick, but kind of the way I was thinking about the Titans up into this point is, look, one of Reynolds... Fitzpatrick and they have, you know, they have other guys, Chester Rogers, who like has been around the NFL forever. They, they have, you know, Cameron Batson, some of these other cheap guys. And I, I've been taking stabs at a bunch of them in 18th, 19th, 20th round of these best ball drafts, just thinking someone here has got to catch 60 passes. You know, someone here is going to have to load up on these targets. Now I think that's just not going to happen. The Titans run a ton of 12 personnel, which means two tight ends, one running back, two wide receivers. And that fits for them because they run so much play action. You know, so much of their offense is based on faking the handoff to Derrick Henry. That's pretty terrifying for defenses. And then Brian yeah. Tannehill corking the ball off to A.J. Brown. And with that 12 personnel, really that just means Julio and A.J. Brown are going to see a giant lion's share of the targets for this offense. And guys like Reynolds, Fitzpatrick, Rogers, Batson, they're really going to be afterthoughts. I mean, maybe Reynolds ends up playing a ton because Julio Jones can't stay on the field, but that's kind of his path to relevance at this point. I, I don't, I'm not interested in, in, in Reynolds anymore. Okay. Now let's, uh, let's close it out with tight end. Now in my, in my dynasty league, Davis, Anthony Ferkser became available and I, and I went for him and grabbed him. And and the reason why is because of what we see right here. Like, Ferkser's numbers were good, and Jonu Smith actually ate some of his targets and numbers up. Jeff Swaim is not doing anything. So if I'm assuming that based on – and I saw Ferkser with my eyes play last year and thought, oh, you know, maybe there's something there here a little bit. I, I guess the question is with him, can he be a top 10 tight end? Because 11 and 12 don't exist. You're just rotating guys back and forth all season long. It's like, it doesn't even matter. But top 10, is is that a fair guess on Ferkser for the season? Yeah, I think even with the addition of Julio Jones, I don't know if he takes that much away from Ferkser because it's not like they're pulling Ferkser off the field to play Julio Jones. Julio Jones is just going to be replacing Josh Reynolds. I think I moved in our projections on sportsgrid.com, I think I moved Ferkser from 15% of the allotted targets for the Titans down to 13%. But I mean, look that we're that we're talking about decimals here. We're talking about about you know small percentages. And Ferkser is going to play a ton. This is an offense that has used tight ends a ton, and I I think Ferkser yeah. can play a little bit. Yeah, no, I do. I like him, and I spent a lot for him, but only because he was unrestricted in terms of free agency. It's just the way that the the cap works. But ended up getting him. Ended up getting uh, Tyler Lockett, ended up getting Adam Thielen, got them all. So I think I'm headed toward a decent year in my dynasty league. That would be the first time in four years. Coming up next, it is time for fantasy or reality. Tony LaRussa, who everyone hates to talk about, but yet they're all still talking about him, has moved into number two all time in terms of managerial victories. We'll hear what he thinks about that. 
and Brett will ask us whether or not there's a chance someone passes him up in the future. You're watching Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Davis. Be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fitness Sports today on tomorrow's show. Zach Poland from PCSportsCards.com is going to join us. We're going to go over some of the interesting sports cards, where they're headed, up, down, in, around, give you some good advice on that as well. That's on the Tuesday edition of Fantasy Sports Today. But as we continue here on this edition of the show, we're going to bring Brett in in just a minute for fantasy or reality. But before we do that, Yesterday, Tony LaRussa picked up win number 2,764 as manager. And this is the second go around for LaRussa as manager of the Chicago White Sox. He was manager with them in the 80s. He, of course, played baseball in the 60s. And he was asked yesterday emotionally about picking up another win and being number two on the all time list for managers. It's a tribute. I think to two two things, uh, good fortune. It, it's it's real emotional for me that it started here, uh, and it's ended up here. That's it's it's hard for me to imagine that took too. And then the fact that we're in this uniform is beyond belief. Uh, good good fortune of being in those organizations. I, I said Cooperstown never had a bad day. Ownership, front office player development, get your players and staff. And uh, I didn't mention to the players that I had to give Jared credit because early on he, re- he read my bubblegum card and he saw what a crappy player he was. I was. So he's the one that started really giving, putting outstanding coaches to basically support this manager that had no clue with Charlie and Dave and Brinky and Dave Nelson. It started and it's continued to this staff now. Uh, so I feel very fortunate place I've been. I, the first good fortune is a family that allowed me to do this job. You know, it's a very away from home job. All right, Davis, nobody likes Tony LaRusso these days. Everyone likes ripping him. Um, but yet that's all they want to talk about. It's so funny. It's like he's the heel. He's like the WWE heel right now in wrestling, the miscast manager in Major League Baseball. But he does uh, pick up second most wins now of all time. 
And in three months from now, Davis, we're probably going to see him in the postseason with the White Sox. And they'll be rooting against him then, too. But, I mean, you know, he's kind of like the, I don't know, is, is he like Mayweather of boxing? He's just like, ha-ha, <laughs> I just keep fooling you guys. I don't know. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying anything nice about him. Like I I already don't like old fogies in baseball. Like I I'm already predisposed to not like people who are like, you know, oh, I I hate the analytics and bleep blah yada yada and so on and so forth. But the Yerman Mercedes thing, he lost me forever. Like Mercedes is yeah. he's just he's been so good and to alienate someone and like the remember that remember that uh that Andrew Vaughn comment he made like really um, you know, being like very, very bullish and saying like, oh, Andrew Vaughn, he's grinded, he's worked. And it was clearly meant as a criticism for Yerman Mercedes, which basically means like all the time Mercedes spent grinding in South America baseball and in the independent league and stuff, he was just discounting all of that. Like he lost me forever. Like I'm never saying anything nice about Tony La Russa after all that. All right, so on that note, let's bring in Brett Levy because we've got some fantasy or reality to get to. Brett, where do we go from here on that? All right, Craig. Well, we're going to start off with Tony La Russa. He became the second winningest manager in MLB history last night with 2,764 career wins. We expect him to get a few more. So we got to ask the question, uh, and Davis, we can start with you. Another manager will pass Tony La Russa's 2,764 wins in their career. So basically moving into third all time. Davis, is this a fantasy or reality? So I think that this is probably a fantasy, but I'm making a couple of assumptions here. The first one being that like the idea of just managing a major league baseball team forever now, I don't think that would appeal to a lot of people. I think a lot of people want even more upward mobility. They want to work in the front office. They want to be a GM or they want an easier job where they don't have to travel as much, which is TV. Well, not that, not that doing TV is easy, but you don't have to travel as much. You don't have to spend so much time away from your family. You know, nowadays you can do it remotely and, and things like that. Or, or, you know, like what Joe Buck and those guys do where they travel, but they only travel like one day a week. They don't travel every single day of the week with the team. And those are, uh, you know, good, good paychecks too. If you want to get really weird and science fiction-y though, human life expectancy, Craig, it just continues to go up. And I mean, if we're still playing baseball, 50 years from now, who's to say that guys aren't going to be living to 130 and, 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 you know, we're going to see 90, 95 year olds, uh, be the equivalent of 70 year olds. And we have guys managing in the major leagues for 50 years or something truly insane like that. So I'm going to say this, I'm going to, I'm going to break the rules of the game and I'm going to say, yes, it's, it's a science fiction. You know, it's a fair comment that you're making there, but, but I think what you probably have to do is is assume that there that it would have to be a manager that's managing now. I don't think that someone's just mm-hmm. going to jump in now with the amount of money that there is and was in the last 10 years around the game to think that someone's going to still do it. I'm going to say fantasy, but I'm also going to say there is one person that I think can get there and it's Kevin Cash of the Rays. He's already managed 7 years. He's already close to 500 wins. 
and, and it would not Davis happen with Tampa Bay. Let me, let me keep this in mind. If he stays with Tampa Bay forever, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I know Bob Melvin, by the way, is, is racking up wins, but he is not coming close to 2,700. Uh, Kevin Cash Davis is known as, as arguably the best manager in baseball. And he started relatively young. It, it's scary to think he'd have to manage a minimum of 20 more years <laughs> probably to get there but he's not that old. Like he could do that into his sixties and his seventies. So I'm with you, Davis. I'm going to say, I'm going to say fantasy, but I think Kevin cash, can you imagine Davis? If let's say the Yankees said, ah, you know, no more Aaron Boone or if Dave Roberts on the Dodgers just said, ah, you know, I'm done. Like Kevin cash would be the number one guy hired by anyone. And would he ever leave only if he was fired? So he's the only name that, that I have there. Brett, let's move on. All right, last night we saw the Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul boxing event. Um, It was an exhibition match. There were no judges. Um, There was a rain delay. Uh, Some people were having trouble getting on their Showtime pay-per-view. So there were a lot of obstacles in this one. But we got to ask, and Craig, since it's a Miami event, we'll start with you. You watched Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul last night. Is this a fantasy or reality? Well, thanks to, of course, the the crazy people who post streams, I will fully admit that I did watch about five minutes of, of this fight, and that was it. Uh, the streams were not great, just just being totally transparent on it, and then I got bored. Like I, I, I caught it like midway through, watched a couple of rounds, and thought, like, this is, this is sort of a joke. And, and it's the same thing with every Floyd Mayweather fight. You don't take anything away from the, uh, who he is as a boxer and his hustle in terms of making the money. But he fights boring fights. It's just, it's just true. Like, like his name is great. And his persona is, is uh, you know, some people think it's great. Some people think he's a really bad guy. I, look, I don't care what you think about him, but his name is more interesting than his boxing talent. His boxing talent is the best there ever is for playing defense. And that wins fights. And no one has ever come close to him in the ring when it's come to that. But he fights boring fights. It doesn't matter who he fights. He's not knocking the guy out. And so, look, there are some that are speculating that there was something worked out between the two of them, Davis, that this thing was going to go the distance. And so it would be a win, essentially, for Logan Paul. I don't know if I buy that. I think if Mayweather could have knocked him out, he could have. He's also much older than Logan Paul. It looked like Paul did train accurately for this fight. But I, I did. I, I reality. I watched five minutes of it. I don't regret it. I would have regretted buying it like most things on pay-per-view. But yes, I, I did. I watched a few minutes. Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch any of this. I don't really like I don't think I've ever watched a boxing match all the way through. Like the heyday of boxing was was before me, right? Tyson and Holyfield yeah, and sure. you know, of course, Muhammad Ali and Joe Fr- like I just boxing has just never been a big sport in my lifetime. MMA has been a big sport in my lifetime and I've I also have never watched an MMA fight. Uh, I mean, me I'm either. sure it's been on when I've been at like a, you know, a bar or whatever, but I've never consciously tuned in to that's I mean, it's not I'm not making a value judgment on these things. It just doesn't doesn't interest me. Just not not really uh, not really for me. So I didn't watch any of this. I uh, I expected Mayweather to just, you know, take to handle business. But I, I think, Craig, what you asserted is probably right, that these guys probably worked it out that we're going to go the distance, uh, you know, no judges, so no, no uh, you know, final decision or anything like that. And 
probably Mayweather's like, look, man, I'm, I'm not going to knock you out. I, I believe I saw a clip that it looked like Paul got knocked out for a second and Mayweather held him up. I, I saw that, I think, on, on Twitter this morning when I was just kind of looking through, you know, so, uh, some, of the, some of the things that came out from the fight. And my, my guess is that had Mayweather really wanted to win this fight, he could have because the thing you don't realize about boxing from the outside and this is what everyone says who has not done boxing and then does it, it's exhausting. You just get so physically tired. You can't, you can't catch your breath. You're just so tired. And I, I think that that's what Floyd has done to win in the past is he just has exhausted his opponents. Yeah, and, and on top of it, I mean, people think that this is about Mayweather. This fight does not happen unless Logan Paul makes it happen. I mean, that's the truth. That, that's mm-hmm. how Floyd Mayweather got paid in this fight. So all of that does seem to add up if indeed true. All right, let's finish it off. Brett, what do we got to cap it off? I'm scared for this one here. All right, we got to go kind of quick here. We only got two minutes to break, but Alex Rodriguez is uh, releasing a makeup line for men. So we got to ask the question and uh, Davis, we can start with you. You know, a male who wears makeup that is not on TV. Is this a fantasy or reality? Uh, yeah, I know. I know a dude, uh, a pro skateboarder, actually, who does, who has this, um, this like cream that you put underneath your eyes to uh, help, like you know, cover up when you, when you're tired, you know, and you have those dark circles around your eyes. And uh, I, honestly, I think it's kind of cool. Like, I I'm not um, vain enough of a person to do that. Like, I don't really care. I kind of, I kind of like to look, you know, a little bit rough around the edges. Like that's kind of my deal, but, uh, that is, that's the only person I know of who is not on TV, who, uh, who wears makeup. But I, I feel like that's going to be a more common thing as we head into, you know, just, just the future. Right. I, I feel like, and, and as gender roles become less secure, I feel like that's going to be a thing. Yeah, I, I mean, you would think that I would I would have a reality here because just in, of the people that I've interacted with through the years, this is a fantasy for me. I, I don't know anyone, any male that wears makeup that is not on TV. I, I don't know any. I, I tried to think it through. I'm like, I probably interacted with somebody in the past, but no, the answer is no. And that's not me being judgmental. As you mentioned, Davis, everybody has their thing. They feel like looking a certain way, and I think it's fine. By the way, financially, if you have the means – and it doesn't matter to you, why not try and make your life better in every single life? Totally fine with it. But no, fantasy for me on this one. So uh, I, I think A-Rod's probably got his work cut out for him with this line, but we'll see if the idea works. He's had some successful ventures in the past. All right, Sports Grid 60 is coming up next right here on the show, so make sure you stay with us and stay on the grid as Davis will be back with me to wrap it all up right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. on sports grid before we get out of here today davis has had a very excruciating move into a new home over the last few days so he has thought about everything that happened over the weekend and is going to bring it to us now here on the sports grid 60 davis what do you got well i have something on the julio jones trade that uh, angered fans of the of the new england patriots uh so I, I noted that the Patriots traded a second-round pick in 2019 for Mohamed Sanu. And then this offseason, clearly with the rumors, they knew Julio Jones was available. But instead, they spent $150 million on Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Kendrick Bourne, and Nelson Aguilar. Instead of spending a second-round pick, of which, by the way, the Patriots had, I believe, three of available at the draft and have two of available for next season. And uh, people did not like that for, you know, no one likes the Belichick criticism, but it, it does, it just blows my mind how that organization continues to value wide receivers. I just, I don't understand what it is that they look for in that position that they had this capital available and didn't make a run at Julio Jones. Yeah, really amazing that the Patriots just continue to believe in their system without really taking a stab at something, but uh, they didn't do it with Julio Jones, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, Nick Saban is a really interesting character in the sense that there are very few people in sports that no one likes, but everybody understands that they deserve everything that they are getting. And I would not even put Floyd Mayweather, by the way, into that category, but Nick Saban is there. Everyone despises him. Nobody likes the way that he handles anything. Nobody likes the way he talks. The media can't stand him. But yet everyone's like, yeah, give him the most money ever and have him have a contract through uh, you know, the end of the decade. And it's just weird how that dynamic works. You cannot find people like that. I mean, there are some people who don't like LeBron James, but that makes no sense. Like, it makes sense to not like Nick Saban. But it also makes sense to make sure that he's paid until he's 106 years old. Maybe he's the only one like that. Makes you think. That'll do it for our show today. Thank you to James back in the house at LTN. Of course, thank you to Danny and Ryan and Brett. Sorry about your Mavericks bet that didn't come through. For Davis Maddock, I'm Craig Mish. Hope you have a great day. Keep it here on the grid. Scott Farrell coming up at 4 Eastern. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.